Good morning. How's everybody today? Good? It's so good to see you. Welcome to church. Welcome to North Star. And if you're a first-time guest, it is an honor for us that you're here, and we just hope that you feel welcome and uh, worship with us today. Uh, North Star is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. When you leave today, both campuses, you'll see those words, anything is possible. We welcome those that are joining us online, and uh, every, every once in a while I'll make the comment about they're on the beach or wherever, and they usually are, but uh, that's cool. We're glad that folks are joining us from all over, and uh, welcome to both of our campuses, Saltillo and Tupelo, today as we as we get into the Word of God. A couple of things before, we, before I get into the message. I want to say, if you're new to North Star or if you've just not gotten one of these before, these are at our guest services at both of our campuses. And this booklet tells about who we are as a church. It tells you of our core values, which are posted on the movement wall in the foyer area. And it tells you not only the core values, but it tells you things like the growth tracks, growth track one, two, three, and four, and it tells about the pathway to discipleship, and that's what we're really about here. We exist as a church so that those that are far from God will draw near to Him through the power of Jesus Christ. So uh, this tells a lot about who we are as a church. Please pick one of these up if you if you don't have one. Also. Uh, if you haven't got some of these invite cards, this is inviting people to three different services. It's, in, it's inviting people to next Sunday, which is Palm Sunday. The message next week and the message on Good Friday and the message on Easter Sunday are crucial. Uh, that It is crucial that you invite people. So really take as many of these as you can and, and pass them out. Invite people personally. Say, look, I, we want you to come to our services at North Star. All right, would you do that? If, if you'll pick some of these up when you leave today, I'm going to throw that in the floor. And uh, next service, I'll have to bend over and get it, and that's not pretty. So by the end of next service, there'll be two of those on the floor. Uh, you glad you came today? Give God a praise clap. So Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday, invite, invite, invite. That's all I got to say about that. Have you ever been involved in an extracurricular activity? And after a period of time, whether it was a, a club or church, after a period of time, you felt like quitting. Now, quitting is a very dramatic word. It's a very strong word. But... After a period of time, for whatever reason, there came a point in your life that you decided that you felt like that you needed to dial it back just a little bit. Take a break. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, I know this is good stuff today because my wife read my sermon She's like most of you. Uh, 
she gets it when I give it. But she's been sick, and so I thought maybe this, I don't know if it helped or not. I, I did give an invitation at the end after she read it. But uh, I really felt like, yeah, you know, it was timely for her to read this, even though she might be tuning in online. And I really think that I'm talking to some people today, and I prepared this message. It's, it's very interesting, God's timing on life, that uh, I really, I worked on this message weeks ago, actually months ago, and it's, it's interesting that I really needed it right now. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? So I'm talking to people today who may feel like, you know, dialing it back just a little bit, taking a, taking a little bit of a break. You know, I've been all in, but I really want to just kind of, I think, explore my options and take it a little slower. Our passage today is found in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, if you'll be turning to Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, it, the writer is writing to a group of people, a group of Jesus followers. They, they, were, they were Hebrews. That's why this book is called... You don't get that just going to any school. You have to understand... He's writing to a group of people, and historians tell us that for, for a, an extended period of time, the, the, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, had experienced a season of uh, peace. Uh, there was the absence of persecution. Things were really good. Christians were not, for the most part, being persecuted for a, a good period of time, but Things had shifted and things had changed. And now they, the, the church was being persecuted and the people were really in despair and they really thought about quitting. Maybe you've heard this in history. This was a period of time in history where they, the Christians were fed to the lions in big arenas. That actually happened. Christian businesses were shut down because everybody boycotted those businesses because they were Christian people. And so the writer, by the time this letter arrives and the people read this, they were really needing to hear a word from God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. I'm going to come back to that. <coughs> so that what is seen is not made out of what is visible. By faith, Abel brought God a, a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous 
When God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith Abel still speaks, even though he is dead, by faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He, he could not be found. He, God had taken him, for before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. <coughs> and without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that earnestly seek him. What's interesting is the word exist here tells us and proves to us that that God is faithful just by the very fact that, that God exists. Uh, by the very fact that uh, he exists reminds us that he is faithful. And then it says, and then he rewards us. That tells us that not only does God exist, even when we don't feel it, even when we don't see it, we know even when we don't understand it, God exists, and the fact that, and he is faithful, <coughs> and the fact that he rewards us for just is a, a friendly reminder or a godly reminder that, that God responds to us, even though we don't see him responding sometimes. Are you with me? Even though we can't figure things out sometimes, God is faithful, and God responds. And then verse 7, by faith Noah, when he was warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built, built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place that he would later receive as his inheritance, he didn't understand it. Abraham left the Earl of the Chaldees. He didn't understand why he was going. He said, God, where, where am I going? God said, I, you, I, you'll know when you get there. Have you ever felt that way with God? <coughs> you'll know when you get there. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so, from this one man, and he is as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand in the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They, saw, they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they were looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had an opportunity to return. Instead, Scripture says they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared 
a city for them. God is always who he is. God is always who he is, and this is what I know, that God always acts with consistency, with the content of his character. You're going to need to write that one down. God always acts with consistency. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God always acts with consistency <coughs> with the content of his character. Let me give you an example. God never, God never says, you know, I just don't feel like me right now. We say stuff like that, but God never says, you know, I, I'm just not feeling. I'm just not, I just don't feel like me right now. Something's just not right. God never does that. God is holy. God is consistent. God is immutable. And God changes not. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, <coughs> the same yesterday, today, and forever. Have you ever watched a, a TV show I'm, you know, if, you, if, you, if you've been coming here long, you know I'm pretty trans, transparent, right? Uh, so I'm going to talk about myself. Uh, have you ever watched a television show in like five minutes? I started to say like 15 minutes into it, but that's not me. It's five minutes for me. But have you ever, let's just say 15. Have you ever been watching a television show and about 15 minutes into it, you're like scratching your head and like, What's, I, I'm not getting this. Now, I have several conditions. But one of my conditions says, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go to something else. Another part of me says, I'm going to rewind this five minutes. This is no lie. This happened last night. I promise you, this happened last night. Because uh, I said, Marla, did, did you hear what just I didn't hear it either, so let's rewind it. And so sometimes, usually five to 15 minutes into the show, you know, it's one of those kind of shows like, I just can't wrap my brain around this. So I drive my wife crazy because I, I, I rewind it and then I restart it and she gets up and goes to the other room, does other things, comes back in, and uh, I'm, I'm, I've already restarted it four times. You know what I'm saying? And then I got to thinking, that's how it feels like sometimes in our relationship with God. I'm talking to some folks today that have been following God for a long time. And when you follow God for a long time, you know that there are times that you come up against the difficulties in life. And I uh, found kind of like watching the television show and rewinding it as he writes to these Hebrews, I'm thinking, that's the way I feel sometimes with God. I, I feel like, okay, God, I, I, I miss that. So I'm just going to, I need to do a restart, God, so I can, uh, I, God, I, I'm not picking up what you're laying down. Have you ever felt that way, even in your relationship with God? It might be influenced by issues of life and relationships and finances and uh, work and 
health and things like that. But sometimes in our walk with God, and I'm telling you that these Hebrew people, this is how they were feeling. God, you've told me, they read this in in verse 6, they said, okay, yeah, if we believe that God exists, but sometimes I can't, I can't wrap my brain around the fact that God really exists because the Hebrews were being fed to the, to the lions. And so we say things like, I, you know, we don't like to talk about it because it's, it's, it's not really spiritual to talk like this, but we get in seasons of our lives that we don't understand things or that we're, we, we can't sense that God is there. And, and so we think, you know, I'm just going to, maybe I just got ahead of myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those guys that, that went to Starbucks with his Bible, okay? But maybe I was going just a little bit too fast and maybe I got just a little bit ahead. It's not that I'm quitting God. God, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to check in with you. I know you're there. I know God is good and God is great. Amen. But God, right now, I'm just feeling like I need to, to, to dial it back just a little bit. Uh, what happens when we seem to take that little break or when you feel like quitting or you feel like dialing it back, oftentimes... And as a pastor, I've never really understood that, but oftentimes I've seen that happen in the lives of people and, and community and church and worship is, is kind of where that reflects and, and, and shows itself. And so the writer was, he knew that these people were facing this and the people were saying, maybe, maybe we should do something different. Yeah, we're going to keep God over here. God, I'm going to check in with you. But this is what I know, and that is that God is not a good accessory. In fact, God is a really bad accessory. God does not want just to be an accessory that when we have a problem, we run to him. We call on him. And all the other times, we're really not calling on him because we've dialed it back, because something has happened in our lives or something is happening in our lives. And God, listen, God does not play nice with other gods, little g-gods. God does not play nice with them. God God says, I don't want to just be an accessory in your life. I want to be Lord of your life. And we say things like, okay, God, I'm going, to have my, I'm going to have my God part. I'm going to have my business part, segment of my life. I'm going to have my family, my relationship part of my life. And God says to us, no, that's, I'm not an accessory to your life. I am God. I am creator. I spoke the world into existence. I want to be over all of the parts of your life. So if you've come today... Just with the inkling. Or or maybe this is to prepare you for those seasons of life that you feel like, you know, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm burnt out. I can't put my finger on it. I can't seem to connect the dots. I implore you. I implore you to thrust yourself 
like never before into worship, Christian community, and church. Because it's during those times that God speaks and that God reveals himself. I want to give you two things today that I believe that the writer was trying to do, trying to communicate to the people. I believe that he had uh, two primary goals. So this is, if you're taking notes, this is like number one. The writer had two primary goals. He was trying to communicate these goals to the people. The people, let me just tell you what the people were doing. The people were, they were followers of Jesus Christ. They had converted from being, uh, they were still Jews, but they had converted from, from their, their belief that they had been steeped in, that they had been raised in, and they had followed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They recognized Jesus as Savior. But suddenly persecution was happening, and they started thinking, you know, well, I've been doing all the right thing. I've been going to church. I've been tithing. Uh, I've been serving, and now Uncle Fred just got fed to the lion, and I might be next. And so the writer of Hebrews, one of his goals was to tell them this. Number one, that, hey, guys, Jesus is better. Jesus is better than the old way. The Hebrew people had learned hundreds of laws and the, the writer here says, you know, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I know you're going through some difficult times, but listen. Listen to the words coming out of my mouth. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Don't go back to, to, to offering the sacrifices of animals the way that you were once offering sacrifices to animals. Jesus is better. He is the, he is the ultimate sacrifice. He said, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. You know, when we talk about uh, God is moving, can I get an amen? God's moving. I'm not saying, I am setting you up, but it's okay. I'm not going to embarrass you. Uh, God is moving, right? Right? Amen. But we, we say things, I've said things like this, you've said things like this, and we say things like, whoo, man, God was moving today. Man, whoo, ha, I got all tingly, I could feel it. Uh, no, here's the reality. God's always moving. We're just currently aware that he's moving. God is always moving. God is always, now God doesn't change, but God is always moving. Now, while God doesn't change, we change. If you don't believe it, get old. Two things grow with age, your nose and your ears. And so, I'm looking in the mirror. My ears are kind of big ears. I'm good with that. They've, they've always been that way, but they're getting bigger. And the older you get, the bigger they get. And I'm standing in the mirror the other day. I said, well, I don't know how, I don't know how much I could take of this. You know, if I live another 30 years, 30, you know, that's, I probably won't. But if I, uh, whoa, 
Dumbo, I'm going to fly away. Uh, your nose, it grows. God created us to change. A God that doesn't change created us to change. So he says, he reminds them, hang in there because change coming. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Change is constant. But what God wants to happen in your life and in my life is to realize that change needs to happen. He wants us to change. But don't get hung up on this season of your life because God who does not change brings change to our lives. Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. You know, the Bible says we change in that our steps are ordered the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. The second primary goal that he had was to tell them, look, uh, Jesus is better. Don't stop. Don't stop. Jesus is better. Don't stop. And so the, the, the Hebrew people uh, they were being persecuted, and, and they, were, they were slowing down. They were dialing it back, and, and they really didn't understand all of the things that were going on in their lives. And, and so the writer says, look, we read this. He said, don't stop. He said to them, I implore you, don't, don't stop. Because what God is doing in this temporal season of your life it's paramount that you keep moving, keep moving. And so the second thing that he shares with them is to, to keep moving. <laughs> keep, keep on. In the days that you don't feel like it, keep, keep on. Keep, keep moving. Because God has something greater for you. He has a, a destiny for you. You may not feel it or see it at this very moment, but God has something for you. This is what I know. The, the best place that you can move is forward. The best place that you can move is, is to move forward. Dig in. Don't stop. Keep moving. And keep moving forward. I love what he says in verse 3. <clears throat> by faith, really, really zoom in on this, would you? By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made of what was visible. That's kind of wordy. But let me say it like this. This is going to be wordy too if I can actually say it, what, what, is, what is unseen is more real than what is seen. I love this part because God spoke it into existence. God said, and it was. God said, there's trees. We take trees, we cut them down, we make tables and houses and chairs. But God spoke 
God spoke it into existence. So what, I'm just, can I just talk to you? What, what is not seen, what you don't understand, what you can't wrap your brain around, what you're not picking up when he's laying it down, what is not seen is really more real than what is seen. Let me tell you why. Because before what is seen, came into existence, what is not seen was seen, was, was in existence. And what is not seen, God spoke it into existence. So you think you got problems in your life? You think you have problems in relationships? You think you have problems with, with your health? You think you have problems in your workplace? Listen, that's just because you can see it. But what is not seen is more real than what is seen because before what is seen was even here, God spoke into existence. So let me say it this way. The dimension. There is a dimension outside this dimension that is more real than this dimension. We'll try to say it one more time. There is a dimension that's outside the realm of this dimension that is more real than this dimension. And so he's using this language with the Hebrew people to say, look, okay, so uh, it's, it's bad. Persecution is bad, but you're going to make it. You're going through difficult times, hang in there. Don't stop. Keep moving. Because the God who does not change wants to help you change through this process. And so, he, let, let me just bring this to a close. <clears throat> I don't know if you noticed the first five ancestors of ours that were, were listed here. I'm going to come back to them. Um, but he gives them some examples. To encourage him. Can I just give you these examples myself today? He, this is a, a point if you'll write it down. The examples that he gives us or gave them to encourage them. If you want to just kind of glance down at your Bible, I'm going to talk about all five of them. The first one was, was Abel. The Bible says that Abel gave a better sacrifice than his than his brother, Abel, number one. Um, number two, Enoch skipped death. Isn't that crazy? That would put funeral homes out of business. What if everybody just skipped death? Well, it's about the end of my life. Take me on, Lord. You don't die. You just go straight to heaven. It wouldn't be awesome. When, when, when we get to heaven, we'll ask Enoch, man, how'd that feel? He's, he's going to say, ooh, it's like, the, I got cold chill bumps thinking about it again. It was like crazy, man. I never died. So Abel gave a better sacrifice. Enoch skipped death. Noah is the third one. Noah built a boat. He saved his family from the flood. He had community with his family, and he built a, a family. The fourth one is, is Abraham. 
Abraham left his family in the Ur of the Chaldees and he went to a place that he did not know and built a nation. Then number five, his wife, Sarah. Sarah was given even though she was barren, even in her old age, was given a supernatural birth. Amen? So we know that historically. We know that biblically. But what we might not know, and I want to just kind of wrap this up and, and tell you that those five, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, those are Old Testament pictures of Jesus. Let me tell you what I mean. Abel gave a better sacrifice. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. Enoch skipped death. Jesus conquered death. Noah built a boat and saved his family. Jesus came to earth to save humanity. Abraham left his family to build a nation. Jesus came to earth and from earth to heaven to build his family. Sarah was given a supernatural birth. Jesus was the supernatural birth born of the virgin Mary. Here, here's something interesting about Sarah. Her name was really uh, Sarai. The word Sarai means quarrelsome. Anybody relate to being quarrelsome? You would never admit, admit it, but I could probably tell you and it would hurt you. You're a quarrelsome, quarrelsome person. Her name was changed to Sarah, which means princess. How many times are we like quarrelsome with God, like Sarai? But what God wants to do in your life is to make you a prince or a princess. So don't give up. Don't dial it back, even when you're not feeling it. Because God, who has never said, I'm not feeling it, is there with you to help you and to give you destiny. Real quick, I want to tell you, I want to read again uh, how this chapter ended all these people were still living by faith when they died they not only received the things promised they also saw them and welcomed them from a distance verse 14 people who say such things show off that show that they're looking for a country of their own if they've been thinking of the country that they left they would have had the opportunity to return instead they were longing for a better country heavenly one therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared for them a city church I just want to tell you at one day 
the skies are going to split and Jesus is going to return and we're going to see what is unseen and the unseen is better and more real than what is the seen and so the temporary season of your life that you may be going through is just that it's temporary because God is good and God is great and God is in control. And all God's people said, Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for today and thank you for the word. I just pray, Heavenly Father, that you would take these closing minutes of worship and God, help us to, to, just to focus and, and to not get our attention on things that we're about to go and do and God, help us just to, to stay in a spirit of worship. God, I pray for those that are tired and thinking about dialing it back a little bit, hanging out with you, but not like they need to. God, help those in this community to cling to you. Maybe you realize today for the first time that you've never given Christ your heart and you want a relationship with him and it, it happens when you put your trust in Jesus Christ. You can say something like this, but it needs to be from your heart and just say, God, today I realize that I, I need a relationship with you. I realize that I'm a, a sinner that needs a savior. And God, today I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and he rose from the grave on the third day. I repent, I turn from my sins, and I turn to you, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. I put my trust in you and I follow you today. Maybe your prayer today is, God, Thank you for a fresh reminder that you're God and I'm not. I don't know what God is specifically speaking to you, but I know God is speaking. I just ask you to listen. I want you to, everyone, to please stand. Everyone at both campuses, just stand up with me. I want to pray for you. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the Word of God that speaks to us, and thank you, God, for uh, this book of the Bible that was in context written to those people, but God, in 2018, it is applied to us. So God, today I pray that you would take these closing moments and just be glorified. Speak, God, to our hearts. Help us to make the commitments that we need to make. Help us to, to become who you've created us to become. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name.